Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Over the last couple of weeks, we have talked about being partners. Partners within the body of Christ. And last week, we looked at the first three verses of this passage of Scripture particularly, and I gave you three words to remember. Those words were grace, faith, and holiness. Grace, faith, and holiness. As partners, as part of the body of Christ, we have been placed there by the grace of God. And we have been given, according to our faith, gifts within the body to be used to serve the body. And all of that is overshadowed by the holiness of God that is to be evidenced in our lives. Look with me at the first three verses in this text. Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Did you pick out those three words? Verse 3, grace. Verse 3, faith. Verse 1, holy. And that is to undergird us as we are partners within the body of Christ. Now, last week we just kind of introduce the subject of gifts. Gifts that God has provided for each of us so that we might, as collective servants of God, minister and meet needs within the family of God. Paul now addresses gifts starting with verse 4 here in Romans chapter 12. Follow along, will you, in your text. Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion of our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now there are four passages in the New Testament that talk about gifts. One of them is found in 1 Peter chapter 4. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, we are reminded of the gifts of grace. The gifts of grace that God has given to us as good stewards that we are to use to serve one another. In Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about gifted men that were given to the church. And we're going to study this passage down the road as we talk about what the church is supposed to be and how pastor and people are to, to relate to one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have another set of gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, We have gifts that are given within the body. Some were permanent gifts, some were temporary gifts. But they were gifts that were used to show us the better way because right after 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we are told what that better way is, and that better way is love. And so all of these gifts that are used are to show our interest and encouragement and edification within the body of Christ to build up the body of Christ. They're overshadowed with love. Now here in Romans chapter 12, there are seven or eight, as I have described, gifts that are given to us. And we want to very quickly look at these gifts this morning because it's important we understand what the servant gifts are. Gifts of service. Now, you may wonder what your gift is. I have this morning some copies of a spiritual gift survey. And if you would like to take a spiritual gifts test, this is self-testing. You can pick up one of these and you can go through it and work through it and it will tell you what your strengths are and how you might want to use that within the body of Christ. So I'm going to leave those right up here, all right? And you may pick these up after the service. That will help you, okay? Now, the whole purpose of gifts is so that we might be serving one another within the body. So that we can share. It's not so that we are somebody within the body. It's not so that we might have some kind of position or prestige. But it's so that we might serve one another and encourage one another, and help one another to grow. I only know what I know. Dennis, thank you so much for going to Florida. We missed you, but had you not gone to Florida, we wouldn't have had that great song. And so, other people within the body, you know there are even people in Florida who are part of the body of Christ? Not many of them, Dave said but they're there. And and had you not gone to Florida, you wouldn't have come back with that. And so it is within our body. If you are not who God made you, we would be missing something. Because God has placed us together within the body. Now, a couple of weeks ago, actually it was three weeks ago, I had people stand who are part of this body and who are using their gifts. And at the end of that exercise, everybody was on their feet because we need everybody who's here. God has placed us within the body. Now, this is unity, the body, in diversity of gifts. Okay? This is unity within the body, although diversity of gifts. So I want to very quickly work our way through these seven or eight gifts, depending upon how you categorize them. I put them into eight categories, and I'll show you which one you might combine. And I want you to ask yourself, how can I serve in this way? Let's begin with verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy. Now the prophecy that is used here is the speaking forth of truth. It's listed in the service gifts because we serve one another as we speak truth to one another and as we provide a foundation for all of us to live. This morning in our CBC 101 class, we talked about discipline within the body. But the reality is each one of us is to be disciplined according to the truth and as we speak forth that truth, as we prophesy, 
Will you share that foundation for each other? You know, I want to know how to live right. I really don't want to live wrong. And how to live right is given to me in God's word because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for what? Doctrine, reproof, for correction, instruction of righteousness. Amen? That's prophecy. And then it says, according to faith. Now, I have divided faith out as a spiritual gift here. Faith, as listed here, has the article, the faith, living out the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. And there are some people that have great confidence and live out the faith. You know, the scripture says that if we had faith of a grain of mustard seed, we could move mountains. Do you believe that? I don't think it really works. Well, it's either true or it's not true. But how many mountains have we moved recently? How much faith do we really... It's a gift. And a gift that we use to serve. And then it lists, verse 7, in service are serving. I have a wife that just loves to serve. She loves to be in the background. She loves to do things for people without any accolades. She loves to minister even when she gets absolutely no credit. Connie, thank you so much for who you are. Where are you? I saw you earlier this morning. She has the gift of service. And boy, do I enjoy that at home. And it is a gift where we serve one another. In service. In teaching we have some great teachers here at Calvary Baptist Church and gifted teachers. May I encourage you to write a note to your teacher or even to your kid's teacher and tell them how much they are appreciated. Because it's a gift that is within the body. Can you imagine what this body would be without our teachers? Teachers. Exhorters, exhortation. Exhortation has the idea of calling someone to one's side, encouraging someone, rallying, stimulating somebody. Craig, stand up here, will you please? I love people. And every once in a while, I have to exert, exhort somebody, you know, have to come alongside them. And what I usually do is this. I come up to them, I put my arms around them. I do that for two reasons. One, so that they will know I'm on their side. Two, so they don't get a full swing. <laughs> now, I'm holding your arm here, aren't I, Craig? Mm -hmm. Okay, you may sit down. But that's what exhortation's all about, isn't it? Stimulating, and sometimes that is not an easy thing to do. Because sometimes we have to talk about hard subjects. I don't think Satan wants me to preach this message today. I'm serious. We need to be willing to exhort one another and encourage one another and come alongside one another and stimulate one another unto good works and unto biblical truth. Amen? And if you don't have an accountability partner, get one. Get somebody who will ask you the hard questions. Get someone who will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Get someone who will 
Be willing to, to sit and listen and share. Exhortation. Giving is a gift. And it says giving with generosity. You know, there are just some people who are just generous. Generous with what God has given to them. Now, we know the principles of giving, right? It all belongs to God. God gives it all back to us to use. We can increase or decrease its value depending upon our investment. And one day we're going to have to give an account. Well, here Paul says, there are those who are givers who are genuine. And this is not just financial. Did you notice when you came in this morning, aren't you enjoying spring, that our flower beds and things were cleaned out? I came in here Friday afternoon late, about 5 o'clock, just getting home from Cleveland. And that's the first thing I noticed. Now, I think I know who did it. But I'm not going to mention Nellie's name this morning. (laughs) You know, she's a giver. And she gives with generosity. I come in here on Sunday morning and things are set and ready because there are little elves that go around the church and just do all that stuff. Not really. But there are people who go around the church and do that stuff. And that's giving. And there are some that God has blessed financially that just give and share abundantly. It's a gift of serving within the body of Christ. Leading. Setting direction. There's a picture here. That picture is a helmsman at a ship. Somebody who's holding on to the rudder. Someone who is helping the ship go the right direction. That's, that's the leading here. The word that you... And that is a gift. And there are some that do it with such credibility and integrity and courage. Aren't you thankful for those people? And there are some that do it by accident. And I'm thankful for those people too. And lastly, those show mercy. Mercy is not giving to someone what they do deserve. I am so thankful for the people who show me mercy. That's a gift. Serving within the body. So as you look at these gifts, unity and diversity, prophecy, faith, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, mercy, I ask you, What is your gift? Where is God using you within the body of Christ? You say, well, that's none of my gifts. I've got another one. Okay, where is God using you within the body of Christ? You see, the reality is God has placed you within the body of Christ, and I believe God has placed you here at Calvary Baptist Church for a reason, and that's not just to take up space. That's not just so that we can count your head and put it on a chart someplace. That is so that we might partner together within the body of Christ, using our gifts to serve one another. Amen? I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why church is so much fun. And that ought to encourage us and excite us. Because church is a place like No other place. It's an assembly where everyone is concerned about the needs of everybody else. And everybody cares. Or you should. And you're using what God has given to you within the body of Christ to be used. 
you know, no gift or ability, spiritual or otherwise, is of any value if it's not used. May I say that again? No gift or ability, spiritual or otherwise, is of any value if it's not used. Last February 1st, it was the second anniversary of Connie's brother's promotion to glory. And Connie had the responsibility of cleaning out her brother's house and taking care of his estate. I took a week off and went down and helped her, and we went through the house. And Roger had 61 guitars. Somebody said, awesome. Roger didn't play the guitar. I mean, he strummed, but he couldn't do what our guys do up here. He had 61. Many times we as believers have all of these gifts, and they're just hanging in a room someplace, collecting dust, and really of no value to anybody. Connie brought them all to Michigan. Can you imagine my car full of 61 guitars? Can you imagine what would have happened if I'd have gotten stopped with 61 guitars? Boy, you talk about a rock and roller. And we took them over to Guitar Center, and a guy bought them. He bought all but, what, three, Connie? Four? Three? Three. And he said to us, these are some instruments and people are really going to enjoy them when they get them. And they're going to be able to use them. And we thought, great. Rather than hang in their room. Let me tell you something. You want to be a blessing to somebody, serve them. Serve them with one of these gifts. And it will make all the difference in their lives. Now, the reality is, Without the gifts working, the body does not function as it should. Hmm? The body does not function as it should. Any of you who had any arm or hand or foot or leg surgery recognizes that when it's not working, you don't work the way you should. Carol, how's it working out for you with that foot? You go to the doctor this, is it this week or next week? This week. Pray for Carol. She's going to the doctor to see how the bones are healing. Steve, how's it working out for Carol? <laughs> Better now than it was. I was going to ask Steve, how's it working out for you? But, but, but that, that's the truth, right? And that's just logical. So without the body functioning as it should, we need each other to properly fulfill God's assignment in our lives. Now, beginning with verse 9 of Romans chapter 12, we have some true Christian disciplines. Now, by my count, there are 29 or 30 true Christian disciplines and the 29 or 30 come out of verse 21. You either count, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good as one or two. All right? 
But there are 29 Christian disciplines that are listed here. Let me read this passage for you. Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 9. Listen to this. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so much as depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Did you notice those disciplines? Now, you may have read that passage of Scripture. Yeah, they'll get theirs. Did you see that heaping, burning coals of head stuff? Let me tell you what that really means. This is out of Wiest's word studies. And I quote, As to heaping coals of fire on the head of one who has injured one, it is equivalent to satisfying his hunger and quenching his thirst. The latter two actions meet a desperate need of that individual and are an outstanding kindness shown to him. Heaping coals of fire on his head also meets a desperate need. In Bible times, an Oriental needed to keep his hearth fire going at all times in order to ensure fire for cooking and warmth. If it went out, he had to go to a neighbor for some live coals of fire. These he would carry on his head in a container, Oriental fashion, back to his home. The person who would give him some live coals would be meeting his desperate need and showing him an outstanding kindness. If he would heap the container with coals, the man would be sure of getting some home still burning. The injured, the one injured, would be returning kindness for injury. The only thing a Christian is allowed to give back to the one who has injured him. This act of kindness God could use to soften the heart of the person and lead him on to repentance and the offering of recompense for the injury sustained. In this way, the Christian would overcome evil with good. Wow. Overcome evil with good. I want to introduce you to someone this morning. His picture is up here. His name is John Sutherland. John Sutherland is a distance runner. John has been a runner and has run every day 
since May 26, 1969. I ran across an ESPN article that was written in October of 2013. So this is two and a half years ago, all right? It says this about John's running. There have been injuries, illnesses, late nights, hectic schedules, bad weather, and, of course, the never-ending effects of age. But since John Sutherland went for an eight-mile run on May 26, 1969, nothing has kept him from his daily run. For more than 44 years, that was back in 13. It's now 46, almost 47 years. The longest active streak in the United States, Sutherland has laced up his shoes and hit the streets or trails, averaging more than 11 miles per day. He has run close to 190,000 miles over, back then, 16,216 consecutive days, with every run documented in detail in 46 thick binders in his West Hills, California home. He has fallen and broken ribs six times, and had ten broken bones in all during the streak, including stress fractures in a shin and foot. Even when a muscle tore away a piece of his hip, he kept going. At 63, now again, two and a half years ago, the longtime rider and high school cross-country coach still logs more than 40 miles each week. He runs now for the same reason he did when he was 19, you ready? For the pure love of it. Let me say that again. For the pure love of it. A day without running is unthinkable, says Sutherland. As long as his health, as he has his health, he'll keep adding days and miles to those binders. You see, the Christian life is made up of two things. It's made up of consistent discipline. Consistency, discipline. And why? For the pure love of it. The Bible says that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Amen? The Bible says that we are to love others as ourselves. Amen? Jesus said to Peter, how much do you love me? And then he said, go out and serve my sheep, feed my sheep. Serve him. <laughs> Why do we do it? For the pure love of it, folks. That's it. And the reality is, as we partner within the body of Christ using our gifts to serve one another. We do it for the pure love we have for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about who He is. Now, as we read those verses... And those 29 or 30 qualities that are given to us as Christians. Why would someone live like that? For the pure love of it.
Amen? That's what it's all about. John MacArthur, in his commentary on Romans chapter 12, says, There is no godly commitment without God-blessed ministry. And there is no God-blessed ministry without godly commitment. He says, This passage utterly destroys the notion that a Christian can be committed to Christ but be inactive in his service. That he can love the Lord but not obey the Lord. That he can be surrendered to the Lord but not ministered for the Lord. True worship cannot be divorced from service. There is something that we as evangelicals have come to accept. And it's really an oxymoron. That oxymoron is two opposite terms put together to make one description, right? That's what an oxymoron is. Here's the oxymoron. Inactive membership. Now think about that. Inactive membership. That's like kind of pregnant. Huh? So the question is, how active are you in your membership? More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. And why do we do it? For the love of it. For the love of him who did what? Demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And how are you ever going to beat that? And how are you ever going to outserve that? John Paternoster is the first one who told me about John Sutherland. Although John didn't know he was telling me about John Sutherland. He just told me about this guy who was running for 46 years and had never missed a day. And so I got curious. John, that's right. Streaking. May I encourage you to start a streak? Not to streak. Some of you young folks may not know what that means if you don't go home and ask your mom and dad. Boy, am I glad I don't have kids in my house. Start a streak. As partners within the body, using our gifts to serve one another. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us and the opportunity we've had to share together and to be part of each other's lives. And Father, I pray that our love for you would be that which drives us, would be that which motivates us, would be that which helps us so that we might live by grace, living out our faith to be holy and acceptable to you. We love you, Father. And we thank you for your love. And we thank you in Jesus' name.